Encyclopedia. Hi! <laughs> oh boy. I'm so glad to be back. How are you? I'm great. Actually, I'm not so great. I got really sick and I'm really tired right now. But I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see you and our guest today, Eric Fellenstein. What's up, guys? <laughs> who, who did you say? Eric Fellenstein. There we go. <laughs> now we know who it is. Eric, I'm also no, going to be... I was she was a secret the whole time. <laughs> like, ooh, who's that husky voice they keep talking to? Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> the we're like, wait, oh my god, Mihana, we've been picking up a third voice this whole time. <laughs> and you're just a ghost. Uh-huh. How great would that be? That would, um, that would sell podcasts. That that's would. How it works. That would be the, would be the biggest <laughs> podcast in the world if you could figure there's a ghost. Record the ghost. Um, yes. <laughs> and sorry I ruined the surprise. It's Eric Melenstein. Look him up. He has a lot of cool stuff. Um, another super great rad friend of ours. I'm just going to read the bio that like we have about Eric. And we're going to get to know him more a little better on this episode. And so Eric was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, and likes it. He drinks beer, rides bicycles, makes videos, acts in theater and film, and plays violin. And so he does all the entertaining things that you can imagine. And now you're kind of on Facebook a lot, posting your songs that you write. And Yeah, not yeah. just as a lurker. Like, he, he makes comments. Yeah, like he, he makes content. It. <laughs> when also you, as a lurker for when sure. you just say he's on facebook a lot it sounds like maybe <laughs> oh he, yeah 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 so yeah. like you don't he's, leave the house is that which actually even just, creating content is also the case that is that's, true yeah that's I didn't very leave true the house for several several days this past week so nice yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like um I'm so I, if I knew that you were reading out loud I would have done a better bio that, that's like a douchey no, short what? thing you would post in like an oh, Instagram bio I see. you know it no. wasn't intentionally douchey, but like it I wasn't douchey. I think it, it was clear and concise. Like no, you're it was better than most Tinder bios, which is I think the bar that you need to at least. Okay. Yeah, you need at the very at least, least better than the I'm Tinder. I'm not really bio. selling my sexuality there, though. No, <laughs> it won't take you to the Olympics, and that no, that and that's for the better. Right. I'm saying. But they they have no idea what my pecs are like, or yeah, you know how well I can swim, or how you know. well you wear flat caps, which I'm always. <laughs> That's true. My yeah. My best fat flat cap, I, uh, I I lost. Oh. Yeah, I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was gonna ask where you lost it, but. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No, where where'd you get sense. it? What's the story behind it? Has it got a good story? Uh, my dad got it for me for Christmas one Aww. year, so it makes it extra sad that I lost it. That is extra sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I feel like I kind of messed that beginning up. But no, you basically, You're Eric great. does this cool shit and creates content, and you should check him out. Is it just Eric Fellenstein on Facebook? Yeah. The page? I mean, yeah, I'm doing a lot with La Pomp Jazz right now. I play That's violin right. with those guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. How many instruments do you play? Um, not an impressive number. I, I, I cheat. I play violin pretty well. And then like, you can go to mandolin really easily off of that. Cause it's the same strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just got to learn to pick, which it pisses a lot of violinists off. Cause I think they have this like, Oh, if I can bow, I can pick. Of course it's going to be easy. And it's not <laughs> as easy as you think, but I can like make my way around and then viola, which is yeah. held the same. And so I played viola in high school. Nice. For nice. like a year. The world needs more of them. And, That's yeah. true. We were kind of shut on as like the middle noises, but totally. Violin noises. 
No, you that need, was always... You need the harmonies, the lower uh-huh. harmonies, for sure. When I was in DYAO, which is um, this big youth orchestra in Denver, I had started playing viola to get into that because I wasn't good enough to get in on violin. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, before, you know, when we were doing sectional things, the conductor would always rap, like, okay, well, let's see what the violas do. I'm like, shut up. And then we'd fuck it up really badly. <laughs> and it, it, You get, oh, that's why he says oh, that. Oh, right. That's, that's right. why. Now yeah. I remember. Now that's I remember. why. Well, cool. And you also sing and act. And, yeah, I basically said all of that already. But, um, fun fact... Eric was also in a small band with Aaron and Paige from episode zero slash my roommate um, called the Street Tufts in college. And you do kind of cool shit together. And you released one EP. Was yeah. it just one? Or was we released, it... what, four or five songs? Yeah, it was I, cool. I can't recommend like those necessarily. The recordings themselves. The production value <laughs> Yeah, it's not... pretty rough. Pretty, pretty rough. <laughs> drafts we were you know just on a lot of drugs in those days that was yeah like was i was ti- i was tying off you can hear hear it in the rubber snap yeah mm-hmm. it's we actually used it as the baseline for one of the songs <laughs> oh it's just me playing the tubes both yeah the rubber snap like you pitched it differently and then yeah. you're like orgasmic exhale yeah you released you know, impressive. The heroin yeah impressive really when you think of it i mean <laughs> it was just, very creative yeah but again we were very high so it was Exactly. Yeah, I didn't even know where I was, honestly. <laughs> For all I knew, I was a carpenter in East Berlin making chairs. <laughs> so they're on SoundCloud. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud. <laughs> Check it out. And they used to perform at Beans Coffee Shop, which is a little cafe on campus. And I really liked your guys' songs. Um, what's my favorite one? Broken Man. Love Broken Man. And I was at Cheeseman Park the other day mm. and saw those like marble tower things and kind of had a flashback too. We did a photo shoot there. To photo sh- yeah. Wait, when were you guys. at Cheeseman Park? On Sunday. I was also at Cheeseman Park on Sunday. Really? Did you yeah. see all the hula hoopers and like the, the what people part on of the. Cheeseman Park were you at? Like right by the marble thingy. To the left or to the right? Did you see the guy almost get dragged away by his giant. Uh, I wasn't. Kite? Yeah. Yeah. It got stuck in a tree too. The the giant parasail kite. Yeah, the parasail kite. Oh, see, you. I think you were there after I had already left. Oh, okay. I left around three thirty p.m. I was I was totally there. Fuck. That's so. You, I was there because my friend Sam from abroad was in town, and then he had friends, and they were all just hanging out in Cheeseman Park. And so after I got lunch with him, we just like went to Cheeseman Park and I literally haven't been there since I like shot you guys so that's very random that well, we're both there what the there. hell uh, yeah, I, I don't was, know why I, I would have I was right in the middle I was not near the hula hoops I was by some people walking a cat at the park and there it was a gorgeous cat and it was so nice oh. like it was a long haired um like black and tan model m- modeled modeled Modeled, right? M O T T L E D, like spotted oh, on the coat. It wasn't a model cat. No, I thought, yeah, I thought no, it no, was no, modeling. No. Um, I mean, it could have been. It was very large, but but thin and like muscular cat with long hair and like great coloring. And when you came up to it, it would roll over on its tummy and let you pet its tummy without biting you. Hmm. Um, but uh, the dogs at the park, which are common at parks, I hear, uh, they bum rushed this cat 
and the woman kept picking her cat up to save it from the dogs and then looking very angrily at the dog owners. <laughs> uh, I was kind of baffled by what she expected to happen when she brought a cat to a park on a harness. I mean, I support I support it. We need more cats. Yeah, you got to see We need more visibility for, for cats on harnesses, but I, you can't be mad at <laughs> dogs for trying to eat the cat. True that. Well, it was a bummer that we miss each other. It is a bummer. But anyway, let's continue with our Sorry. No, I, I wish I could say like, oh, guys, I was in Cheeseman Park too. <laughs> so like, that would have added to it. Unfortunately, I was playing a retirement home yesterday afternoon. Oh. So it was, How was, it was that? a nice retirement home. Yeah? Was, no, I'm never going to live there. Oh. It's much above my grade. <laughs> oh my God. That nice? It was very nice. It was like, yeah. Were you there with your band? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's just like, I mean, like, have the old people there. You could just like go and... Play by yourself, like a vol- volunteer thing. Yes, that would be good of me, but I'm not. A, I'm not that good of a person. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was with I was with La Pomp. Nice. Was it like a gig or yeah. do you guys? Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, speaking of cats. <laughs> no. What today's card is strength and has like like lion on it. That's all. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. If, do you know that I do like a tarot card of the episode? Okay. And we're episode eight, and eight is number of the major arcana today, and super short brief. I kind of see tarot cards as like archetypes of human nature, and so each card kind of describes a different part of being a human, and there's 78 of them, so we're on number eight. Um, and and we, could, strength, we could use strength today, because we were talking about like, you're feeling tired, and I was feeling yeah. kind of tired. And, like, and just like pushing through, yeah, mm-hmm. and like the willpower, definitely part of that card. It's usually depicted as like a very feminine... Um, human, usually naked, kind of like caressing the lion, but in there it's, it's depicted a little differently. And it kind of shows that becoming friends with the innermost, darker, more primitive parts of ourselves instead of repressing them, kind of like what we were talking about with, with video games. But a lot of it has to do with like sexuality and your hidden desires that you think are dark and bad and will eat you alive like a lion or like your primitive energies and just like kind of instead of being scared of them just approaching it and being friends with it like that like it's a big scary lion but you can just kind of chill out and you don't have to tame the lion you don't need to change it or do anything you can just kind of acknowledge its presence and that's enough and that's kind of... Yeah, really, it's just a deeper. cat at the park that wants you to pet its belly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not this big, scary thing, and um, repressing it can make it very angry and bigger instead. Mm. Yeah. The person on the card does have kind of those eyes like a bunch of dogs might be rushing at it. That's true. The person does look like they may be shielding the, the lion from a, a pack of dogs pack of goldens running pack at of it pack of golden retrievers fetching their bespoke organic milk bone <laughs> bespoke that was so gorgeous. accurate that was yeah that was very very cool but yeah that's basically strength and it's also obviously having the strength to do things in your willpower and there's a lot more but that's the way that i view the strength card like pick up a keg Exactly. Mm-hmm. You need you need the strength card to I do to need throw the strength sick, card. I have to, to pick throw up a, a lot of sick kegs party. I no, no, not I just at the bar I work at. I don't have oh. enough strength to like lift a keg mm. over my head. Do you have to lift it over your head? 
Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I would love to. Like, I think that's against some sort of code. Right? I, would, I would love to pick it up over my head, though. Because um, yeah, your employees are like, Aaron, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, oh, I don't? <laughs> you sure you don't want to see these? These hot little biceps? Biceps. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Um, so in terms of order, I always forget what we did in the last episode. But maybe you start this time, because you went last last time. I went last last time. You start, and then Eric, if you want to go second... And then we can do a lightning oh round, and then I'll, I'll close it out. Oh, if boy. That's, if that's okay. Oh. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So today, I've been... Okay, so, guys, I have a problem. And that is my... Uh, I don't want to say obsession, even though that's probably the right word. Maybe uh, fascination. That's a bit, that's a bit gentler. Uh, with true crime... And cults. <gasps> and my topic is cults. No, it's not. <laughs> that okay. was one of the topics I was gonna. It's like very related. Is it about Nixium? No. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Then I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm no, gonna... no, 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 no. Mine's not about cults, but it's very similar. But it's just super interesting, so you should do it. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna definitely do cults. I just like Love to cults. throw out a true crime fact uh, right now um, and plug a little book. Uh, the Golden State Killer slash East Area Rapist uh, has been apprehended, they believe, with a 100% DNA match. This is a guy who took advantage of uh, women and uh, very young girls, ever like beginning in the mid-70s all the way into the early 80s, and then disappeared. Um, and they thought they were never going to catch him because he's been on the, on the loose for 40 years, uh, and this guy's finally, hopefully, getting what's coming to him, if they have the right person. But, uh, all evidence points to yes. Um, so if you don't know about this, it's really fascinating, and this is, like, actually a huge, um, historical moment, because th this is somebody that people have lived and died, um, trying to catch, including Patton Oswalt's wife, Patton Oswalt being the comedian and actor, um... And his wife died in her sleep of an accidental drug overdose um, in 2016 in the middle of writing this book about the Golden State Killer called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And some of the stuff that she was working on in her book is, is partially credited with catching this guy. Um, so you can get that uh, wherever books or audiobooks are sold. And I, I definitely recommend it. I've been listening to it at work for the last week. And it's very good. Um, so anyway, crazy true crime thing going on right now. Another crazy true crime thing going on right now is the cult Nixium, which uh, began as a business, uh, like a basically like a life coaching course aimed at young business people um, that was trying to train people to be good CEOs. Like Richard Branson worked with the guy who founded this cult Back in the day, basically the guy who found this cult has connections with a lot of current CEOs. You can read articles and look stuff up about it um, to get more information. Um, but Allison Mack was one of the early joiners. You may know her on from Smallville as one of the love interests oh, and reporters yeah. from Smallville. And uh, she 
fell into this uh, pretty early on um, because what they did was they offered business courses and they were kind of pyramid schemey courses where you'd pay $5,000 to go, but then you would invite so many friends and the more friends that you had join classes and courses, you would gain rank and eventually gain different colored sashes. Um, and it was all centered around the idea of like young business people changing the world for the better, which is, you know, that sounds great. Um, but when you'd go to their courses and their actual campus and everything, you wouldn't be allowed to eat uh, meat. You would have to give up your cell phone. You'd have to get like a GPS thing. There were all these things immediately that you had to give up in order to do this. Um, and they also had acting programs and connections with directors and producers. And so they could get people cast through their acting courses. But their acting, acting courses, in, especially in L.A., have a lot of moments where you share deep secrets or cry in front of people or um, reveal things about yourself that no one else knows. And that's to train vulnerability. It's actually a fairly common thing, but in this case, they would record all the sessions and then use that to blackmail people into staying wow. in this thing. So it's very insidious on <laughs> multiple levels. Um, and then it got to the point where this guy was had a harem of women um, who branded his initials onto their bodies, mm -hmm. and Allison Mack helped uh, do this. And there's a lot of controversy right now about whether she should be charged for sex trafficking crimes, as he is, um, or if she should be considered as much of a, a, of a victim as everybody else. Hmm. And it's very hard to make that distinction uh, when it comes to brainwashing. I mean, another very popular piece of media right now going over this type of stuff is Wild Wild Country, um, which covers the Rajneesh movement, which came from India to, um, I, be I believe it was Wyoming. I'm sure most, if anyone's listening to this, they've probably already seen it. It's like the new big hit docuseries. <laughs> but this is all to say, to get to my point about cults, that a little known thing about cults is that the most common members are wide-eyed educated, extremely intelligent, creative young people. Hmm. That's who these things target, and that's who they draw in, and that's whose lives they end up ruining. Um, and I say this not to be a bummer. We, I feel like we always talk about things we love. And yeah. I am, I am yeah. fascinated by um, histories and uh, the documentation of cults and all the ways that they've happened, but... Uh, like, I'm fascinated, but I don't love them. They're a really evil and insidious part of of life. Um, and I just wanted to bring this up because I know many people who I feel like uh, are prime targets, and including myself, who, and like... We all kind of could just, like, yeah. check a lot of those boxes. Yes, <laughs> exactly, including myself. It's like, uh, because when, when you go into a situation and someone tells you, hey, like, you, like... Uh, you like all these kind of weird things. You never feel like you fit in. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to change the world for the better. You're interested in lots of different areas of study. You know, I have a way for you to, like, combine all that stuff. You just have to um, come live at my compound and hang out with a bunch of like-minded people and uh, party and have sex all the time. And, yeah, you know, that's, I mean... It not, doesn't always start exactly like that. Like, the Rajneesh movement became that eventually. 
um, was based on kundalini yoga, which is pretty infamous in the yoga world for making you lose your fucking mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and vegetarianism, which, uh, this is another fun thing that, uh, cults do where they, uh, I brought that up a bit earlier when I was talking, uh, Basically, forced vegetarianism and veganism, especially with a communal food structure, is something that's been used by almost every cult um, in the modern years because a lack of proper nutrition, especially protein in the brain, actually causes people to not be able to think very well and especially not think for themselves. Hmm. Another popular cult thing is to have the people in the cult constantly working on food or building buildings or um working in business creating things all the time always working never any downtime always scheduled for something because the levels of uh stress hormones um also make you more susceptible to brainwashing and to be very open to being told what to do um, there's just a lot of these things that cults do over and over again. So I, I kind of so want fascinating. To, yeah. And it's just, you can kind of see, I keep kicking my bowl of ramen down here. You should get more protein, man. I should get more protein. <laughs> I'd stop kicking this, kicking this ramen. I'm being told to <laughs> kick this ramen. Um, I wrote some stuff down, but, uh, so I'm going to read over that, but basically I really want to talk about this and hear what you guys had to think. Uh, had to say or think mm-hmm. um, about these movements. Because I feel like every time you, you hear about a cult like Jonestown um, or Nixium, for example, or um, like, uh, what was the other one I was trying to think of? The Rajneesh movement. It's like, oh, I'd never join that. Like, I'd, mm-hmm. Never, mm-hmm. I'd never fall for that. But yeah. I think it's because we usually have that hindsight of 2020 where it's... Um, if you watch Wild Wild Country, many of the people who were actually in it still remember, like, the golden years at the beginning mm-hmm. when um, shit hadn't fallen apart yet. And so it's just the insidiousness of it amazes me. And I just feel like, especially right now, um, is, it, is a time when I think that cults are creeping up and these figures are creeping up. I mean, I... I see on Instagram, um, I've been noticing increasingly that people on Instagram are starting to co-opt the term woke, um, which initially meant like, uh, aware of social injustices Mm -hmm. and aware of, uh, the oppression of people of color and, Mm -hmm. um, gay and trans people, people in the queer community, um, that, that was woke, like, two, three years ago. Now woke is being co-opted by, uh, the alt-right and also by people who, um, white, white people, uh, with, uh, Instagram pages full of them meditating in front of the pyramids of Giza, speaking (laughs) vaguely in flowery, meaningless terms about being one with the vibrations of the universe and living always in love and in the... I mean, whatever. And I see so many people reacting positively to this when most of the words are meaningless Mm -hmm. doublespeak. Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, we are at a time when like war looms once more and uh, the divide between the rich and the poor is increasing. um, And we are increasingly disillusioned with our government. 
And these are the times when cults strike. It's no mistake that cults were extremely popular during Vietnam eras um, and uh, back in the 30s and 40s when it was more of a spiritualist movement uh, during the Depression. So, I don't know. I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. I just feel like we're in a very vulnerable time and this Nixium thing proves it. And I I think it's increasingly going to be like an issue with people our age. I mean... The first thing I thought of was like the yoga community. Yes. And or even like the vegan community, which I I don't say that I'm in, but I eat pretty much vegetarian and I am in like I practice yoga, is that the verb for it? Um and even just going to the big island to visit my best friend and there's like a really small town there that we drove through and she's like, Yeah, this is where all like the quote unquote retreat centers are for like these white people to come and like meditate and, but it's basically just a cult and kind of just like walking through and kind of seeing all of them. Um, and the spiritual jargon was another topic that I was thinking of talking about today because I'm pretty sick of it (laughs) and like the love and light and all of that, especially like I was just looking at the strength card and thinking of like the dark shadowy parts of ourselves and how like they're there in us and the world and you can't just live in love and light and just be like oblivious to all of that. But it's so brainwashing and the words like vibrations and like the, I even hate the, like, I hate the phrase, the universe now, like it really annoys me. (laughs) Um, or like soul or even like chakra, which is like a really precious thing in like India, you know, like these spiritual cultures, but like especially white people, white women, are just like throwing these around like they don't matter and it seems very cultish um but I'm super super fascinated by how like brainwashing works especially in like very subtle ways um have you heard of the reverend moon cult yep yeah like that one's super crazy and there's one um I saw this video about where this really young smart intelligent creative guy was living in New York um And he was like, yeah, I never thought I'd join a cult. Like, you're always on the lookout for them. Like, it's not so obvious. But he, like, was basically in a cult that basically brainwashed him into thinking that, like, performing oral and um, basically, like, oral sex and, like, giving hand jobs to, like, people was, like, a way of, like, spiritual, like, release and, like, help helping the world. And they provided housing and food. And so he didn't make any money because he was being provided for and he was doing this service and like living quote unquote, like the life for free. And, but he couldn't really get out. And then when he did, like he had no money and like they had so many connections and could blackmail him, like you were saying. And so it's like, it's, it's so fucked, <laughs> but it's super fascinating how it works. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've always been super interested in that. There's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're interested, I mean, last podcast on the left, um, the docuseries Wild Wild Country. Um, I mean, just look up in the news about Nixium right now and all the issues that are coming up with that. Research about Jonestown. Um, Jonestown's fascinating because it began as a movement um, kind of in correlation with the civil rights movement. And it was like a really integrated, diverse church um, and then lost control because it was centered around, and this is like one of the defining things is, cults are centered around one individual and once that individual starts to lose touch so does everybody else yeah it's hard to find a difference between like 
a community that you're in and like cults, if that makes Checks sense. Checks and balances. Yeah. It's, but I think that the difference is that cults are like one leader in charge. Exactly. Whereas like community, like you can be on Facebook pages or Instagram pages and have the same interests and like talk to people. Um, but yeah, I think there's like a super fine line between that. I don't know. And I would consider like my experience in the, in the Mormon church pretty cultish too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I never thought about like, um, it's kind of, uh, you know, we talked about like the Me Too movement right now and with, um, like sexual assault survivors, how we're still getting past this idea of like, what were they wearing? You know, Mm -hmm. did they put themselves in that situation? Is it somehow their their fault? And it's like, I think there's a (coughs) big philosophy when it comes to that kind of thing of like, well, these people like, you know, fell for the tricks. Like you say, I would never do that. They're obviously, like, kind of dumb that they were able to fall for this crazy thing, but because it's this, like, progressive, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. And as you guys are talking, I'm just, I'm having these thoughts of things like social media and how cultish that itself is. That yeah. That starts out, in the beginning, kind of begrudgingly, nobody likes it at first, and you fall into it, and then you, you still don't like it, you know, and mm-hmm. they're in the same way. There's a couple people that are benefiting from your personal information, from these things that yeah. are coming from you but it's what everybody's doing and yeah. you get you know some things back from it but like we have all kind of fallen for these different cults you know this kind of sympathy for those like i don't know if survivor's the right word because that's kind of pawning it from from the other right which may or may not be more uh, uh impactful but i mean cults in the same way can like yeah you said destroy a life so yeah it's, it's interesting pretty crazy. to think about how, how easy it is to fall and into t- it. even like no, going cult- Sorry, go ahead. People who escape from cults are absolutely survivors because, I mean, right now, the the big concern <laughs> on a national level is that the Nixium cult will now turn into a suicide cult within the next couple of months. Oh. And there are, um, I mean, there's tens of thousands of people in this organization, so it's, it's very concerning. So, yeah, survivor is definitely the right word because yeah. it, it is life-destroying. Um, and in this particular case, these, these women were also, like, essentially sold into sex slavery to mm-hmm. the leader of the cult. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Something along... Oh, you were talking about, like, social media. And even me, when I first... I don't... There's, like, a weird... Okay, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Basically, when you stop eating meat, like, I went vegetarian for my own reasons. And then, like, you join the yoga community, and you... Even I just found myself, like, talking like everyone else and, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, being a part of this community and, like, so radical, like, veganism, like, emailing all my family members, this, like, documentary, like, why are you guys, like, crazy? And then just, like, stepping out of that, being, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and just, like, unfollowing, like, everyone on Instagram that just, like, speaks the same language and doesn't have their own thought like even like tarot cards and like crystals are just this whole like super annoying thing right now (laughs) but if you have like it's hard to like detach your own interests from the community quote-unquote and yeah yeah. that's that's part of it is it's like it's fine to do these things if it's of your own volition but if it's because somebody else is telling you that it's the only way to enlightenment salvation to make a better world yeah like there is no one path yeah for anything anyone who's telling you that you have to subscribe to their path yeah um and only their path 
that's that's problematic. And I personally don't believe like some people are like, well, there's no difference between a cult and a religion. Well, it depends on your church, I would say, mm-hmm. or it depends. I don't know what your, you know, what. It's, no matter your vocation, if whoever is leading your church is telling you that their interpretation of your religion is the only way that you will uh, achieve, um, you know, whatever that religion promises, then that, you know, that is a person stepping in for what is supposed to be uh, the God in that religion mm-hmm. or the um, sacred thing in that religion. And when a human being is claiming that they're the sacred thing, they're the one way, that's uh, that's when you should start getting worried. That's when you should say, mm-hmm. as they say on last podcast on the left, check please and leave. Sign your name though, and get out. Like to, to have one person that's maliciously behind it, I'm not, I, I know nothing about the definitions and stuff, you know, necessarily behind cults. You're the expert in this case. But like... <laughs> I feel like there's sometimes a group mentality that can, it can like spiral itself downward, even though one mm-hmm. person's not puppeteering the whole thing, you know, it still becomes a destructive cult. Yeah. And people are like, I, I, I would argue that some religion has perhaps actually come out as in, in that fashion that like, it wasn't malicious people being like, man, these guys will believe anything. And they like write it down and people, you know, believe it that maybe it just sort of is people playing this game of telephone that sort of it gets warped over time and then they like push themselves into more harmful territory you know well mm. and that's another thing that you see happening actually in cults like when you're researching them is that the main person the figurehead has an idea and is trying to make it a reality and sometimes it's not it doesn't start malicious but becomes malicious because their desire for power and control um and importance drives them to adopt whatever because you're right group mentality uh can actually produce things uh that are different or more sinister than the original intent of the organization Mm. um and then it can really start to spiral out of control but the one of the key things is that then generally in cults that figurehead then says oh yes that's what we're doing that was my idea all along I mean, Charles Manson, for instance, is often quoted. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that he just wanted to go ride dune buggies in the desert and have orgies all the time. He'd never intended to, uh, like, start murdering people. Uh, He'd kind of made up the helter-skelter thing just to, like, get a commune going in the desert. Um, He didn't necessarily believe it, but then when he was asked by his followers to put his money where his mouth was, he's like, I guess we can, like... Someone was like, we should kill people. We should start the thing. And he was like, um, uh, uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, we, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, we have to kill people to get this thing going. And, like, it, it kind of does. It can do that, absolutely. And that's that's another thing. Um, but, I mean, it still comes back to, like, that person instead of trying to stop it, instead holding on to uh, power in a thing that is quickly escaping their grasp but that's i guess what's interesting like is that part of the definition to be a cult is to have like a central person or like central entity reaping benefits or could it just be like could a democracy be a cult now that's interesting (laughs) i think i think like in the traditional definition no but Mm, okay yeah Yeah, I, i have no idea i don't know what that yeah that's i think like a cult a democracy can you know get into very destructive territory but and all because of this i mean to me it's that's what's interesting is this social 
component that like you know you and these groups that like you know spiraling drink kind of thing you just get more and more in that mindset like yeah yeah mm-hmm. and sort of what's happening politically right now totally is that, like, yeah you're spiraling in these various directions that then when you sort of wake up for a second from that you're like wait i number one didn't believe anything near this yeah you know, yeah a while it's, ago yeah. and also i'm not sure i believe it now i'm just like yeah been around all these people yeah who were saying these and things. the psychology of like getting you there through right. these like tactics are so interesting and you want to fit in um, you yeah want, you don't want to be the person yeah yeah you know? that's that's really crazy it reminds me of my favorite and probably only like tarot person that I follow on Instagram now she has like thousands and thousands of followers she's in Brooklyn and charges like $300 an hour for like a tarot reading but she has a podcast and she always posts on Instagram about this like her definition and her elaborate story and then she's literally saying like but fuck like fuck what I say like figure it out for yourself like don't just listen to me and kind of like breaks down those like habits that we naturally fall into when we look up to a leader I guess um but cool what else what else the moral is just be careful educate yourself learn the methodologies the language the brainwashing techniques um just do do research because i'm i'm actually pretty concerned these days that Mm -hmm. like we're gonna see the start of the next big one pretty soon so anyway I just thought I'd bring it up because it's fascinating. Oh, it is fascinating. And if, even if, like, you're not worried about maybe accidentally joining a cult, it... But, I am now. But you're interested... <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> but you're interested in true crime. There's lots of stuff out there, so uh, check it out. Cool. Thanks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'll kind of switch gears now. Yeah, totally I'm, switch gears. <laughs> I don't know what your topic is, but... <laughs> I don't know. I thought cult. a lot um, about it, and I don't claim to be an expert whatsoever in this in this field but i saw wolfpack last week at red rocks which was fun it was a good show and kamazi washington who i hadn't really like my god everybody listen to kamazi washington Mm -hmm. that guy is a king he just like commanded the whole fucking place in a robe and it was badass (laughs) but anyway um yeah so that got me thinking and with this podcast and a lot of the discussions i've had with you of like what um like being creative or trying to make money from creative stuff means right now because hmm. it's mm-hmm. shifted so dramatically in the last month, you know, oh, in yeah. the last couple of years. Like totally. it's, it's crazy how many new platforms are opening up every day and what that means and how accessible everything is. But also because of that, how unwilling people are to pay for things mm-hmm. and, uh, supply and demand, baby. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, well, not, I, I I don't have any, like, thesis statements, but, like, Wolfpack is nailing that somehow. Like, they have this, they have a great product that's niche, but very accessible, you know, everybody knows how to tap their toe to funk music, and it's a fun style of music, but it is, like, this kind of um, preppy white guy funk, you know, that is this niche, hmm. um, and... Because of that, you like people know what they are, what the product is. Yeah. You know immediately from their sound because they actually have their own compressor that they mm-hmm. sell. Um, they got a font manufactured Wolf Mono, which from uh, oh man, forgetting the name of the typewriter. This old typewriter. Uh, there's a whole Medium article actually. The guy who cool. created the font who talks about it, which is great. If I had it on the top of my head, I would recommend it. But maybe you could Google it. But, um, we'll link it later. Yeah, that they're trying. <laughs> it's the italicized um, version of that typewriter that they wanted to mimic something like that, 
And so you see anything that Wolfpack puts out, and even if it's really kind of abstract or whatever, you know immediately that it's them. They mm. have this great branding, and it's, like I say, fun music, and uh, just in that, how many different avenues that they're opening up to make money that they're selling a compressor, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That they are, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know how much they're getting from the font because they probably paid a lot to have it made and all that. But um, you can buy their font and obviously you can buy their music and stuff. Their merch is not huge though because, I mean, their videos are a big component of what they do, mm. which anymore, that's, that's maybe a thesis statement is that to be creative right now, it's not about being, I think... Um, Stephen Fry has this quote about, um, you know, people expecting you to, like, be a verb. He's like, it's ridiculous to be a writer, you know? I'm a person who writes and a person right. who acts and a person who makes music. Like, yeah. Yeah. anymore, it's these different components that are totally vital because this medium just has so many different... Um, like, people want some visual component while they're listening to music on social media. Yeah. They want something moving, even if it's just, like, the image of a CD spinning around or something, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So that component is weirdly important to making music. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Mm. 2018's the year of video, apparently. Is, uh, is that from somewhere? <laughs> yeah. I I don't know where, but I've heard that, too, in yeah. the, my yeah. classes and stuff. It's just in marketing, it's... It's always been video, but 2018 is, like, the video year. Like, if you're not doing video, like, you're going to fall behind. 2017. Yeah. 2000 late. Right. Yeah, because, but. I mean, maybe because so many, <laughs> it's more supportable because the bandwidth and stuff is getting better, so you can have, like, mm -hmm. thumbnails that move and stuff more easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I guess instead of being just me preaching, I'll, my, my only thesis statement is, like, there's something in that Wolfpack, like, model and in other, like, bits of success that's working. Mm. And it's fascinating to me right now to, you know, be doing this because everybody can do it. Everybody can have a podcast, but how do you, like, increase the listeners? How do yeah. you make mm -hmm. something that people want to listen to? And less importantly, but eventually, you know, crucial, like, how do you make some money from that so mm -hmm. that you can be focusing on making better podcasts instead of having to work mornings and, you know, cafe and evenings in a bar to like to to make that work yeah but you know that, that's not a bad thing either sometimes that diversity too if there's that there's that that it feels people feel like you're not being a true artist when you work in different capacities yeah yeah i played the colorado gypsy jazz festival two yeah a couple weeks ago my grandfather came and he said were there any of those bands like professional i said well we we all got paid to be there like we're yeah. all you know working he's like no is that is that like what they're doing the only thing which, I mean, a lot of musicians, even the top ones, teach, you know. Oh, they have yeah. all these other things. Yeah. And if, again, that's your your model, then making money selling t-shirts isn't being a professional, you know. Right. These other methods of, of you know, getting some money when, you know, maybe working mornings in a cafe allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That works. But, yeah, I don't know, extending to, because you, you both are creative people as well, that this can maybe be like discussion my thesis statement is Wolfpack <laughs> what do you guys think like I mean I going off of that I think niche is like a huge thing that you kept bringing up and in this world of information and access and communities and cults maybe but finding like a niche that is like small enough where like you'll get like fa like fans I've heard of like finding your your like what is it called target like your, audience 
Yeah, but it's like your first thousand or something. And like once mm. you hit your first thousand, that's when like you can kind of go wild. Like if you have a niche of a thousand people, um, that is so interesting. Your capacity to just like kind of move forward is a lot easier. Um, but of course, it changes based like pod. Like we're not going to get like a thousand fans on this podcast, but like just finding like a niche I think is super important, and then using your like your target audience for that too. That's I have never heard that, but that totally happened with La Pomp that like when we crested like a thousand mm-hmm. suddenly we were getting like completely different gigs and mm. we now have a different mentality I don't know if it's like huh. because of getting those or because of that or we just like happened to I you know graduated had more time to make videos whatever it yeah, was yeah, yeah. but like th- that's I've never heard that number huh. but that, that was definitely happened with us. Yeah. yeah I mean that's cool I mean I I don't have any personal experience <laughs> with thousand, but we're not much about it. We just made <laughs> I, I think twelve hundred now. So. Oh, cool! That's that's yeah. awesome. It's it's um, slow going up. Yeah, Aaron, I feel like you were gonna say something, right when I was talking. Um, I don't know. I kind of connect with the idea of like I'm not a blank, or like I'm not a verb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely connect with that because, I don't know, like you see. So I so many people ask me what I'm doing or what I went to school for and then ask me why I'm not doing something with those degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find myself repeatedly in like every um, community, creative or otherwise, feeling strange that I that, that thing that I'm participating in is not my entire life. Because um, I feel very often like people do let their activities kind of dictate who they are. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I just never felt connected to that. I've always, uh, it's partially because of my short attention span, but I've always wanted <laughs> to do a bit of everything um, and do a bit of everything that I do well. Um, and balancing that can be tough. And But I also think it, it does. Like, the experience in, in many, many fields offers the chance to make money from creativity um, because specializing in just one thing, you've really got to be the best at it or you're not really going to make the, make the buku bucks. I, and again, yeah. not that that's important, but, um, like pretty much everything I'm doing right now, I'm doing actually at great cost to myself, <laughs> um, just cause I love it. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm hoping eventually it leads to a situation where I can make a living at least partially, um, really doing stuff I love. And then if I have to be like a, um, you know, writing fucking manuals on how to assemble a mic stand, then I'll do that Yeah, to support it. And it's totally branding too. I mean, just learn in my marketing classes, it's not even about like the product or your service anymore. It's like your brand and the experience that people have when they interact with whatever you're going to do. Um, and so you, you don't have to have like the best quality stuff and like the people listening aren't, you're not like targeting them. They are like hunting you, if anything. And like switching that mindset is really big, I think. Mm. Um, because like consumers, or I have the choice to listen to literally any artist in the entire world, like millions of people. But it's my like experience with listening to your music or the Street Tufts or your jazz band and um, just knowing your personalities. Be like, yeah, like they're, they're great guys and that's why I like listening to them. You know, or That's just, like, an interesting component with it too, yeah. to me as well. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. We've talked about this, that, like, they're right now, 
it's super accessible. You know, mm -hmm. if you can, with the right bit of music, you don't need to go through label guys. You can get mm -hmm. it to a million people yeah. just by posting it on SoundCloud. You know, like, yeah. that's cool. But that same thing brings with it an expectation of exposing some personality of, like, yeah. that you have to have, like, you know, people want to see the Instagram you know, uh, stories through the day, yeah. which like, mm -hmm. that's not all curated stuff. It's not yeah. like Humphrey Bogart, just, you know, always being perfectly lit in the right shots kind of thing. If mm -hmm. you're seeing what he's doing every day, you're like, man, he drinks a lot of gin. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. And he kind of treats women terribly. Or like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you bring in these like yeah. personality components, which now, you know, obviously uh, is another big discussion is, is that line drawn in any place? do we judge Louis C.K.'s humor based on his, you know, shitty personal dealings mm -hmm. or do we not, you know, that that's sort of what now brings is that there's that personality behind it, which can be used. Those who know how to use it well. Yeah. It's uh, oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. But, but I think that's also what's eating people alive and has been eating people alive since, um, since like fame became this fucking money machine. I don't know. I just, I just, woo, I just kicked my microphone. <laughs> uh, I just feel like that sense of like, how much do you actually owe your audience or owe your consumer mm. is, is really tough um, to parse out because yeah. frankly, like the public at large is a monster and it's out of control uh, 24 seven. I mean, just scroll through YouTube or Facebook or Instagram comments on any particular post and you're mm -hmm. going to see just like, um, really just people arguing with each other and are feeling entitled to certain things from this or that media individual that they, they feel owes them content. Um, there's just a lot of issues and it's weird because it's like at the, all at once as uh, media producer, these people seem to feel that on the one hand, they don't owe anybody anything. They're a human being. But on the other hand, all their income and all of their fame and everything that's come to them is only there because of these people. Mm -hmm. And, and so like, it's like, how much do you owe your yeah. fans? And I think anything you do or not do has to be really organic like, if you're a really outgoing person that's already using Instagram, then, like, use Instagram for that. Like, John Mayer, for example, mm -hmm. like, kills it in that game. But, like, people like Frank Ocean, who are known for, like, not having social media off of Twitter, they don't even know where, like, he's living right now. Like, he just lives in hotels across the world, apparently. But that's kind of his personality, and, like, people like him because that's what he does. And so I think kind of, yeah, choosing your brand is really tricky and... Like, if you're on Twitter, like, that's great. And celebrities are awesome on Twitter. And that's when you can really see their personalities. And, yeah, I don't know. Social media is the whole... We're kind of connecting it <laughs> to, yeah. like, both of our topics, too. But actually, all three of our topics. Um, yeah, it's, it's really tricky. Definitely. But, I mean, I, that's part of the Wolfpack. They kind of have creative, pers like, personalities. Mm -hmm. I just flubbed up my words. But, like, that they have... Number one, it started mm -hmm. as, like... Um, they actually got some lore going that they were a German band and that like, like they were, the, the name is modeled after being like a rhythm, um, like a Motown rhythm section from Germany, you huh. know, during the seventies. That was sort of the idea. Um, but they, they went with that and people legitimately thought that like, you know, they released a couple of videos because they were talking, you know, in these German accents, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that was enough to like, whoa, there's all this like story behind it. And then that wound up shifting. But even still there's like, 
you know, Joe Dart, the bass player, has all this, like, people don't actually know anything about him, but they have He's like a meme lore. of himself, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hear that all the time about yeah. Joe Dart. Which he's an amazing, yeah, bass player. He's phenomenal, which obviously that's the the core of it. But then there's this, yeah, well, extra they, stuff that they've created. Yeah, they also funded a tour by um, having people play a... Uh, blank album while they slept on repeat mm-hmm. on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they, they Spotify I believe changed the rules after this, but they got enough funding to go on tour for free. Essentially, like no one had to even give them money, except Spotify, who was pissed. Um, <laughs> but people just uh, put and, and this album on loop, and there is no noise to it, and it just kept filling their bank accounts mm-hmm. hour by hour as millions of people put this album on repeat. But wow. even even more than that, because it did fund the tour, um, but they, they played a free tour for people, which was awesome, but it got them this crazy publicity because people yes. were like, oh, yeah. wow, look at this like sort of punk thing this funk group is doing. Yeah. Like, and that's one big thing is they have this sort of like, it's a rogue kind of guerrilla way that they're approaching things that's also very playful. They're mm. like, and everything that they're doing... It feels, um, there, there's, because everything's changing so much, like, we kind of have these ideas of, like, okay, if you're creating content, you have to post every week. Exactly. You, know, you have to, like, make sure you're doing these other things. Yeah. You want to link to other pages, but there's not actually any rules. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want, and yeah. it might might work, and it, it might not. Uh, you might get Spotify really mad at you, but you might also get a lot of publicity and fun yeah. food because of it. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's such a like freaking wild west frontier right now that like. By the way, I just started watching Westworld. Which mm, I need to. <laughs> I, need, I need to start it. Everyone is just like going crazy about it. Uh, is Anthony Hopkins in it? Yes, cool. I I'm only on episode two of the first season, so I'm not an expert. But I just see tweets cool. of just like, "What is going on? Someone explain this to me." It's it's craziness. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I don't know. I. I, huh. I I think it's a fun sort of thing to struggle through because it's something that, like, even if you're not creating content or, like, doing quote-unquote art stuff, we now are all selling stuff. If you're on social media or maybe even just existing in the world, even if you're not on social media, like, you're building this sort of brand of yourself that, you know, Paige is a great example that Mm -hmm. she used something that regardless of whether or not she goes into the art industry, yeah, she's utilized all of those tools to grow her brand in a way that got her a cool I think, job. Yeah, right? and like, I think that's, like, the, the best way to look at it are, like, as, as tools. Mm. Like, not, like, something that you have to do and it's consuming your life, but if you can see it as a tool and you're like, oh, I can use it in this way and then just kind of, like, naturally flow through it, which, yeah, Paige is a great example for it. And, like, viral videos is whole nother topic but um yeah cool especially as someone who's very prevalent <laughs> in the music scene i bet that's something you think about just like constantly well yeah just making well, a lot right of now it's, yeah it's like i really like doing this you know how can i actually you know like live off of it which yeah. again doesn't mean exclusivity you know oh, it yeah. means that maybe i'm also working some cafe stuff but there's ways of playing the business and other sides that, you know, you can really get stuff that resonates with people and also 
you know, make a living off of it. Yeah. I think about it constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, but no doubts on our end that you'll be very successful. Um, cool. Well, I... <laughs> Have doubt, please. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, lightning round? Lightning round. I have class in 10 minutes. <laughs> lightning oh, wow. round! Which I didn't realize. So Should we I think, skip lightning round? No, I think I'd rather do like a solid lightning round, and then if anything, I'll like record mine and give it to you or something. I was going to talk about Lil Michaela. Lil Michaela. And like the AI Instagram, but I know Paige really wanted to talk to me talk with me about that so maybe she and i can record something and then i'll send it to you is that weird like no, a frankenstein frankenstein's we'll monster we'll type of thing? you just have to do it for um, thursday yeah I mean, I'll, I'll do it we too. release on friday now yeah yeah we release on friday now <laughs> friday <laughs> bi-weekly on friday um but i'll start with lightning round if that's okay yeah let's do lightning round so i remember talking wait about- hang on <laughs> Perfect. So I talked about slime videos before. Slime. And like ASMR stuff and how much I love it. And now there's soap cutting videos. And I think I showed you, Aaron. Yeah. And that person's going to cut their thumb off. (laughs) I love soap cutting videos. And now there's like this golden spaghetti type video. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It like gives me the 3D animation. It like gives me chills, but I love it so (laughs) much. I love it. Yeah, I don't it. know why you like it. Oh, you follow this page if you high. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you high, it's a really you good. It's a really good page. Oh, um, that is a good page. Follow if you high. Lots of patterns and stuff. Um, let me look up a soap cutting what video. Looking at what is that? He's is scrolling that through other videos on it. It's like a reverse video of balloons, like unfalling. I'm soap following cutting. that page. I'll get home. Um, I need to show you soap cutting. Eric, have you seen soap cutting? The last few times, sure. last few times I've been high, I've just read a book about Vietnam, which is pretty rough. Whoa, it's amazing. Okay, what? Okay. It's kind of shitty, but what do they prep the soap with that makes it come? They just give it like little in pieces, like, like little that. slits. Um, it's kind of like when you dice an onion, you can like give it little slits, and so when you cut it, it just. And I just love the sound. Like I just calms me. Hold the sound up to the microphone. Please enjoy. That's like little pieces of soap falling on a white tabletop. And the crunch of a uh, box cutter traveling (laughs) at concerning speeds towards someone's thumb. They're fine. No, they're not. They're going to cut their thumb over. There's so many comments about that, and they're like, no, I've never cut my thumb. Exactly, or else they make a living off of these freaking videos. Like, find your niche niche and do it. Like, you can make so much money doing this on Instagram and YouTube mm-hmm. and finding like one influencer. Anyway, I can talk about that for days, but yeah, that's just my quick lightning round of my new interest. And I literally just, I was having kind of a bad day a couple of days ago and, um, that golden spaghetti one popped up and it super calmed me. Mm. So you can help people. <laughs> oh yeah. You can, you can, help you can change the world. This. Um, I seriously you felt... You don't need to join a cult to change the world. <laughs> it was, like, like very meditative, and 
yeah, I don't know, kind of like a weird freak thing that I have, but I'm it's owning it. It's not a freak it. thing. It's I, fairly normal, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has thousands of followers, so obviously people like it. But yeah, that's mine. Super quick. Nice. Next. Um, you know, my lightning round was essentially the Golden State Killer thing. Oh. If uh, j- just look it up. It's fascinating <laughs> stuff. But also, if you do look it up. Be super uh, nice to the family because they are suffering and they are victims as well because their father and grandfather and husband may be a really, really bad person and they had nothing to do with that. So Good to know. I'd just like to throw that out. Thank you. These lines are barely moving. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so so I like beer. I drink quite a bit <laughs> of it. Um and this is like a border, you know, you talked, said like something that maybe makes me angry. I, I wouldn't say angry, but like there's, there's now a point in beer making that like, uh, and I know some people have said this, like purists have said this for a very long time, but there's like milkshake IPAs now where they're adding, um, like lactose sugars to, um, you know, like after fermentation, which mm-hmm. gives it a creamier sort of sweeter okay. thing and they add... Fruit as well. Huh. There's a point in some beers that I've had recently that it's like, they're just adding a lot of sugar. Yeah. And uh-huh. adding a lot of sugar makes anything taste good. It's like no longer about yeah. the beer. And I'm actually curious, right. like, how caloric or how much sugar is actually in some of these. That but they're not, they don't have to have the ingredients on there. Exactly. They're it's literally like some of the Uh huh. It might be like 65 grams of sugar in like a pint of beer. You're like, Wow. This is beer and it tastes like a milkshake. Wow, it's magic. It's like, well, it is a milkshake. (laughs) You may as well be drinking one of those. Not magic, just soda. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me, like, I like the New England style IPAs, which is this whole controversial thing in the community. It's less bitter. It's, you know, they use a lot of times oats in fermentation, which Hmm. gives it that creamier. It comes out a little hazier. Yeah. um, Which beer purists, again, are like, no, it should be be clear. Yeah. Uh, I like that, but I don't know. Some of those guys just might be going too far. <laughs> yeah, I saw like a, uh, what did I have? I had the pancakes. There's a pancake lager that I had the <laughs> other day. And honestly, every single one of those that I've tried has mostly just been like an overpriced, overrated, like, okay, exactly what you're saying. Just okay beer that tastes like it has a lot of flavoring in it. And I'm just, it's not... Something that I want to... It's innovative. I know. It sells so well, though, because people are like, oh, my God, I love milkshakes, and this is a milkshake in a beer? They taste it like they want an actual milkshake. That's what you're going for. And it's never going to achieve quite that. They're like, oh, just some chocolate in here. I get that. (laughs) Just pour vodka into your milkshake. Exactly. You want a milkshake, get vanilla... Here, I got a recipe for you, motherfuckers. (laughs) All right, you you take just a bit of melted butter... Uh, then you're gonna make, okay, first make your milkshake as you would make it, or like throw in the vanilla ice cream into the blender, put a few pumps of Hershey's chocolate syrup into the blender, then do like a two count of vodka, and a two count of, that's only half a shot, it's not that much. Uh, I was thinking of that vine where it's like one shot of vodka. Oh, and then it's <laughs> pour the whole glass into it, yeah. And then Kermit's like in the. Yeah. Never mind. Um, no, but do like a half <laughs> shot of vodka and then like a half shot of Kahlua and then a bit of melted butter in there, like a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of melted butter in there. 
And mix that shit up, and oh my god, that, that'll get you messed up. Well, I know, but like... Increased vodka is needed. But you can, like, Instagram a milkshake IPA. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting. There is, you can um, definitely Instagram what I just said. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no flame. There's, there's actually a new beer that they, they put a bunch of butter in the beer, because um, it was, like, mimicking Samoa's. And you, huh. get, you can get a little bit of... Maybe it's we could do a. Maybe you guys want to do a branded encyclopedia, uh, like off the cuff cocktail, cocktail <laughs> yeah, channel. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I would be totally done. <laughs> That's the thing with all those too, though. Like, I almost feel like when it gets that sugary, I'm not. I'm not getting drunk. It's just like the high from the sugar. Right, and, and then, then you're just getting more and more hungover. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you feel that, and then after like 15 minutes, you just like curl up on the floor yeah pass out. Just, yeah yeah I'm so hungover yeah that is that is kind of annoying um I, f- I feel like i'm seeing that in like weed too just like the titles of yeah, yeah just getting like what pretty I'd ridiculous like to do is take weed back to how i hear it was in the 60s where you could just sit there and smoke and like smoke a joint, weed. like casually <laughs> instead like if i literally it- went to a dispensary and had like a personal like connoisseur talking about like the different fragrances and like wafted it under my nose so I could it was like wine I was like mm. this is crazy yeah but yeah. that's that's different um Everyone I have to go so soon. fucking high so quickly and I just want to like enjoy it for a like second. the social aspect of it yeah, yeah. Um, okay last one or my last one and then I kind of have to go but I just want to say this is a super short one that last episode's lightning round I said that I was really glad that Kanye was on Twitter and now I'm really sad that Kanye's back on Twitter. Yeah. And I wanted to take back my statement from <laughs> last week because that was that was, ju- <laughs> that was just like the beginning, the beginning wave. And I thought he was being so creative because you see the stats on Twitter and like he was he came back on, introduced his album with Kid Cudi, and then everyone was so excited about the new album. And I thought that was like the the only marketing tactic that he was doing. Um, but now, like I. I unfollowed him. Rihanna unfollowed him, so you should all unfollow him. And I just wanted to apologize to people for saying that I was glad he's on Twitter because I'm really sad he's on Twitter now. You have to pay for the therapy and emotional damage pills. <laughs> yeah, you owe a lot of money to a lot. I told of I told everyone to follow him. Please un- <laughs> please unfollow. I know I have like oh, a a huge influence on everyone, so unfollow. Yeah, we got lots of clout. <laughs> we got with a K. Lots of street cred. I like that. Unfollow. Do you remember like sophomore year we were talking about clout.com? That's what I was referencing. Okay, okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it spelled it with a K, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Clout.com. Um, um, but yeah, that that's just my quick apology thing I wanted to say because he sucks. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know if I have a second one this week. I, Eric, I had some and I'm totally spacing. Um. Yeah. My throat also my throat also hurts a lot from allergies, so Yeah, we're all kind of struggling. <laughs> what a great Today. end of the podcast. Like yeah. We're like old people, like, hey, it's better things we could be doing. Hey, yes, I could be napping. Hey. No, I did have to take a shower. Um, I smell like a mongrel. I haven't seen like a mongrel gorilla. I don't think you smell like a mongrel. Oh, that's good. That's no. nice of you to say. Yeah. Um well I guess we'll just insert my section or not. I don't we'll know. Insert we, have your a, section. we have a good episode. So let's have a moment of silence and okay. then I'll edit it. Okay. Okay. Good. Good section, Mihana. That was so, great. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode. 
of Encyclopedia. Eric, where can we find your stuff? Uh, I have I have this page, where, uh, Eric Fellenstein page, if you're not, you know. How do you spell your name? Um, there's a silent key. No, um, E-R-I-K and then F-E-L-L-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. But I'm mostly doing stuff for La Pomp Jazz right now. We're super stoked for some of the shows we're playing this summer. Cool. We're playing that hot club jazz till the cows come home or something. So Sweet. Yeah. And I saw you played at a brewery, art playing at a brewery, Probably. beers and jazz. I saw a Facebook video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had, um, yeah, we, we did that a live taping. Like, and, okay, mm, cool. That's already happened. But we're playing City Park Jazz, which we can now cool. announce, which is we're very excited for. Sweet. And a couple of things, which is all on uh, thepompjazz.com. Beautiful. And we'll link all of that in the Instagram and the bio. Woohoo! And you can find me at stank.ranger on Instagram, as always. Um, you can find this podcast and other podcasts, like uh, If It's Gay We Play and This Is Grandma's House, uh, on stickpokeprod.com. Beautiful. And yeah. I'm Mihans with two Zs still. I decided I'm owning it. Okay. Not going to block the guy with one Z. Yeah. But he does suck. You should all block and report him anyway. You've said it was a girl before. I guess we, can, we can't know. know the gender I guess over the internet. That's true. Also. I say guy for everyone, which I should probably change. But um, yeah, Mihans with two Zs on Instagram. That's all the time we got this week. Mihana is already late. Sorry, for I'm class. four minutes late for class. Um, and my throat is feels like there's two gnomes having a boxing match in the top of it. So I have some kids I gotta yell at to get out of the lab. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's been Encyclopedia for the week. Y'all take care now. Bye. Oh, that's what it is. Y'all be good now. Yeah. <laughs>